I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Hey guys, last week we made a stab at understanding anger from a scientific or biological angle. In other words, what happens in our bodies when we get angered by something? What happens in our children's bodies? And what are the health ramifications of unchecked anger? We came to some sobering conclusions, mainly that we really have to get anger in ourselves and in our children under control. Again, even though my educational background is in psychology and counseling, I want to stress that I am not a licensed counselor. I'm not giving advice that should substitute for counseling either, only to give us a deeper understanding from both a scientific and a biblical standpoint of what anger is. If you or someone you love is experiencing unchecked anger or anger that seems to be controlling life, please get help. You'll find some referrals in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. In last week's session, I introduced something to you called the anger cycle. To recap a little bit, I want you to imagine with me a circle or a cycle that describes what the process of anger looks like. And again, this is something that can happen in a mere seconds or it's something that could happen over time. Anger begins with a trigger, which leads to negative thoughts as we make our way around the cycle. That leads to emotions, which lead to physical symptoms, and then finally, a behavioral response. The triggering event could be literally anything, such as getting cut off in traffic, an unexpected bill, a disobedient child, or if you are a child, maybe your parents told you no, or your friend took your toy away or you're not allowed to get candy or gum in line that day at the grocery store, or your parents said that your curfew was earlier than you wanted it to be. Whatever the triggering event is, it soon, and I mean very, very quickly, brings with it negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts might take the form of, I'll never get this right. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. My parents are mean. They don't understand me. They want to keep me a baby forever. And those thoughts then turn into emotions like shame or guilt, frustration, sadness, rage, jealousy, or many others. Emotions then trigger physical symptoms like we talked about in last week's episode as well, which might be increased heart rate, sweating, flushed skin, lightheadedness, or even shakiness. And finally, those physical symptoms can incite a behavioral response, such as fighting, yelling, arguing, or a tantrum of some degree. I have found in my own personal life that the best place to interrupt this cycle is at the point of the negative thoughts. And to demonstrate what that looks like in daily life, I'm going to read to you the Day 17 devotion from inside of my latest book, Everyday Prayers for Peace. 
Today's devotional is called Becoming Intentional with Your Mind, and it's from Romans 8, 6, which says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. It's crazy how specific and direct the Bible really is at times, and yet I often act as if I don't know what to do or how to live out a full daily Christian life. I think I know better than the Bible and look for wisdom in places it can't be found. Do you? I bet the answer is yes, at least sometimes. So much of the Christian life is a choice. The work of God through Jesus on the cross is done. And through that death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus has made a way for us, not just for salvation, but also to have access to everything we need to do this life in a godly way. Romans 8.6 is a wonderful doing life principle that can serve us well as we're trying. Matthew Henry said, the man is as the mind is. Technically, Romans 8.6 is speaking about the difference between the saved person or the spirit and the unsaved person, which it refers to as the flesh. But it isn't a stretch to extend it to what we allow into our minds and how we allow our minds to interpret the world around us. The Bible encourages us to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. That's Colossians 3.2. Now, I'm a reactor. My gut response is to react to the circumstances of life. I can feel it bodily. My heart rate speeds up, my face gets flushed, and I start having all the thoughts, all of them, good, bad, and everything in between. In 20 seconds or less, my mind has already contemplated every worst case scenario and may or may not have tried to convince me they're imminent. Thankfully, I've almost mastered learning not to speak of them aloud until I've had time to process them privately. That's a choice I've realized I need to make that goes against what I'm actually feeling on the inside. It's a choice we all have as the Spirit of God is at work in us. Last summer, my oldest son played baseball against a team he really wanted to beat. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Angry Child. Anger is such an issue in the world today, isn't it? And I'm afraid our children are struggling because we struggle. Keyboard warriors, righteous typers, out-of-control mouths and emotions, losing it on game officials and fights with other parents over youth competitions— The world we live in can be very ugly, friends, and social media has emboldened us to say and do things most of us would never have done before it came. I'm afraid we're not doing a good job of demonstrating restraint, peace, reconciliation, and just simply how to do hard things together for our children, and it's taking a toll on them. I think most of us know these displays of anger are not helpful or holy, not in us, and not in our children who don't yet have the ability to process or the maturity to temper themselves the way we do. Parenting can be a challenging experience, and when you have an angry child, it can be downright difficult. Children who struggle with anger can be easily triggered, and their outbursts can be distressing for both the child and the parent. However, there are ways to help your child manage their anger, and one of the most potent tools is prayer. Praying for your angry child is essential because it's a way to invite God into your child's life. As parents, we want the best for our children. We can read books, attend therapy sessions, and try different techniques. Ultimately, we are still trying to determine what we can do. However, when we pray for our children, we ask God to intervene. We acknowledge that we can't fix everything independently and surrender our children to God's care. 
praying for your angry child doesn't have to be complicated or time consuming. It just has to be done. In praying God's word for your angry child, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts to know where the source of their anger comes from. Stop relying on their own understanding. Be angry without sinning. Let go of bitterness. Be slow to anger. Hold anger in check and gain compassion, understanding, and the ability to forgive for your own heart. With biblical teaching on anger, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Angry Child now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. He did not get his wish. More than that, he didn't play very well. Neither did his team. They had the kind of game where everything just seemed to fall apart and whatever could go wrong did. He had a short break in between that game and the next. Our snacks and drinks were out in the car in our cooler, so after the coach finished talking with the team, my son and I walked out of the stadium to the parking lot. I had parked almost at the very back of the parking lot because doing otherwise at this particular stadium brings the risk of home runs damaging your car. So while we walked the distance, I allowed him to gripe and complain. He talked down about himself, frustrated with his efforts, and bashed himself over the mistakes that he made the entire walk to the car. I didn't say a word. We got our snacks and drinks, and just a few steps away from our car, my son began to complain again. Clapping my hands loudly, startling my son on purpose, I firmly said, stop. I wanted to halt his train of thought abruptly and offer him something different. I said, okay, now that we've changed directions, it's time to tell me things you did right or how you'll learn from your mistakes in the last game so that you can do something right in the next. I want you to intentionally change your mind, even if you don't feel like it. He snapped out of the gloom and doom mood he was in and pulled himself together. And the entire tone of our conversation changed and he played better in the next game. If I had allowed him to stay in that depressed, down state, I don't think he would have played any better, maybe worse. I know this is a simplified version of a deep biblical truth, but we have a choice about where we allow our minds to take us. If we choose to focus on the things of the flesh, basically anything God calls sinful, we will experience not only possible death as it pertains to our salvation, but death in big and small ways throughout the entire course of our lives. I'm not talking about physical death here, although it could come to that. I'm speaking of a thousand small deaths that result from poor choices to follow what God calls bad instead of intentionally choosing to follow what he calls good, setting our minds on the spirit. A lifetime of moment by moment choices for the flesh will result in a path that takes us far from God. On the other hand, a lifetime of intentional moment-by-moment choices to follow God will lead us right to Him over and over. It's not always easy to set our minds on things that bring life, but then nothing we have to intentionally choose for our health and benefit is. The truth is that it's usually easier to set our minds on what leads us from God. In fact, for whatever reason, those thoughts are usually what pop into my head first. But the benefit of learning to set our minds on the Spirit leads to life. And that end result far outweighs the cost. I hope today's episode has given you a picture of what it looks like in everyday life to stop our negative thoughts before they turn into negative emotions. 
and propel us forward on the cycle of anger. I know it was a simplified version, but I hope it clearly displays how it works. I highly recommend grabbing a copy of this month's prayer guide that complements the theme of this month's podcast called Praying God's Word for Your Angry Child so that you can be praying the scriptures along with us for your loved ones as we continue in this series. You can find it along with the links to everything we might have mentioned today in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you wish you could have a short, sweet, simple something to pray for your kids this summer that sincerely asks God to move in their hearts, is easy to use, and maybe even encourages your heart too? Sign up for a summer of prayer with Million Praying Moms. Each morning this summer, you'll receive a simple, scripture-inspired prayer for your child in your email inbox, just one a day. We'll work our way through the book of Romans, asking God to do things like turn their hearts toward Him, follow Him, trust Him, put their faith in Him, stand up for Him, and be obedient to Him. Get signed up right now in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.